Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Uses Better podcast, powered by Hobbs. And good morning and welcome to another edition of our Uses Better podcasts. I hope everybody is well and today I am joined by Alison Collier. Hello. Hi, Alison. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Mid bid. How are Mid-bid. you? <laughs> Always the same. Always the same. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm surviving. Um, I'm not sure where summer's gone this year, but never mind. It no, seems to have bypassed August. Yeah, too cold. I almost put the heater on yesterday. I was I was freezing. You can't be doing that in the middle of August. I know. Instead, I the, the big blanket went over me. Big hoodie, <laughs> thick socks. <laughs> Gotta work with you. Gotta make sure you're comfortable when you're working. That's, that's <laughs> um anyhow, so today we are chatting around sort of bid no bid decisions. Obviously, this is a critical part of everybody's working practice because mm. what we don't want is people to embark on a bid, get three quarters way through it, and then go, nah, maybe not. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it happens. We know it happens. We know there's always reasons for it. We know there's mitigation for it. We know there's uh, occasions where it just happens. Mm. But I think having an effective bid, no bid process right up front should eliminate or mitigate anyway a lot of those late sort of we're gonna have to cancel it sort of thing yeah so in essence what is a bid no bid process and i know we're in the industry so i think it's i'm looking at it more of a you know people that are new to bidding or coming into bidding um or even have a bid process that they don't really look at bid no bid what is an effective bid no bid process well, um, it's it, you know what, it's a really good question because even if you do have an established bid process, there's always ways, as, as you know, you can refine the ways that you're doing things, the questions you're asking yourself, people's business models change regularly. Um, and you also have companies who are growing substantially, especially after, the, you know, the well, hopefully the economy's starting to recover. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they're starting to be introduced to winning business in different ways Um, and it often poses a lot of questions and essentially if you want to boil it down to basics a bid no bid process is asking yourself the questions of is this something that we want to go for Um, and you can you can boil it down to basically four key questions one of which people tend to forget so the first one is are we in a position to win this Um, which is looking at um, if there's any incumbents, looking at uh, different suppliers in the market, um, assessing your competition, uh, understanding whether you've got a relationship with the client, as an example, um, whether you can deliver the project or the or the product or the service, depending on what your uh, what your company delivers. Um, and generally that involves assessing the capability and capacity that you have internally um, or whether you need to go and approach the parties, suppliers, that kind of thing. Um, and then there's there's always there's also an attractiveness of it. Do you want to win it? Um, so and Dave, you know, I've I've asked you this question before. It's is this a strategic client? You know, and sometimes actually that outweighs the the first two questions, um, because it might very well be that, say, even though you know that there's uh, your 
probability to win isn't necessarily that high because it's a strategic client I don't know that might help you enter a different market or it might just be that the um that the the cake is so appetizing and there's so you know there's so much potential and benefit for uh, for winning it that actually you think yeah we're going to go for it or it could very well be that they're a strategic um client in your pipeline that you just want to get in front of so you put a good bid in they can see what you can do it gives you visibility directly with the procurement team who would inevitably um, um, be acquiring your services but the question that people tend to forget to ask themselves is can we deliver the bid and that's a really important one um, especially I mean I would say especially with small businesses but we've seen it with some larger companies that we work with as well actually it's very easy to look at a bid and think oh yeah this is this is simple uh, what's the what's the word you always dave this is an onerous <laughs> <laughs> onerous yeah and um, yeah exactly and and you look at it and you think yeah actually we you know we've got capacity to do this and um two more bids come in that mm. might have a, a a higher priority bigger value uh, a more strategic client so I, th I think the difficulties that people have with the bid no bid process is it tends to be quite fluid even though you have these standard questions that you need to be asking yourselves um there's also movement around what's happening in the market what you're currently delivering the resource you have capacity and i think that's generally why people find it such a difficult decision and also knowing the accountability so who needs to be involved in it and that's often again where we see um, where we see organizations falling down is actually not getting people in the room or not getting them in the room in time um, which ends up impacting the time that you actually have to respond to the uh, to the tender if you decide to go for it yeah so now picking up on that I mean the, the three sort of the three questions that straight away jumped up in, in my mind is who needs to be in that room when you're making that decision mm. you know what are they actually accountable for and what do they need to do yeah so it's um first of all as, as you know with big teams there does need to be a hierarchy there needs to be someone who's accountable and there needs to be people who are responsible and they're two very different things and often people don't understands the the difference so your accountable person would be your bid sponsor and generally that can be someone who is a um it could be a financial director it could be a ceo it depends on the size of the organization it could be the head of bids it could be yeah. head of um, business development for instance so it's the person who is has ultimate accountability for that pipeline and gaining traction with clients um it could also be someone who is the account manager. So for instance, if you've got a, um, a, a strong relationship with a particular client and it's a retender, the person who would be accountable is the uh, person who's going to be in contact with them most frequently because they know the client, they understand the bid, they understand the proposition. Um, you know, we, we've heard this so many times, haven't we? It's a must win. It's a key <laughs> client that we work with every day. Most of our revenue is drawn from this client. And, um, so they would they would sit at the top of this hierarchy and help the the rest of the team to understand the bid but then it it depends how you want to approach it you can either have everyone in the team reading all the documents um as you know i've i've got a big thing about reading documents i'm going to try not to rant about this on this on this podcast because you you know i will I, I, good <laughs> it's always good you, um often a really good way of doing it is making sure that you have um 
people that would be contributing to the bid uh, reading certain certain documents um and you also need people like say if there's a contract that needs to be reviewed mm. you'd need your legal team involved if there are certain financials that you need to put together might be that you need to um uh, provide a, a costed solution it could be that they've asked randomly for a pnl on something that you're delivering you're going to need some financial um you're going to need someone from um, the finance team or a financial director who can actually make those decisions and not necessarily just based on um, people, but actually looking at the numbers to see if it's a commercially viable um, uh, bid for you to go for. Yeah. Um, so essentially, the, the the short answer to your question, as you know, I, I love giving a roundabout answer to everything, um, is you need people who are accountable in the room. And then you need the people who are responsible for delivery or responsible for delivering the bid also there. So they have visibility of this opportunity before that kind of right. We're definitely going for this. Yeah. And I suppose if you have a a good capture phase or if you've done your capture properly, um, this almost is the culmination of that. Am I yes. right in saying that? Or is... you, oh, you're so right. That You're so right. It makes me very happy, Dave. Yeah, it's uh, and and you know what? It's the and, and, and most clients find this really difficult. M most organisations, I should say, find this really difficult. Um, there's always, as you know, managing a, a business development pipeline is um, it can be quite tricky. And I think uh, one of the difficulties is, um, especially in our industry, a lot of people see a business development pipeline and a bid pipeline as a separate thing. Um, and I know when I've gone in and, and helped uh, companies with their capture and with their business development, actually, it's about seeing the uh, trying to get the right amount of um, share or the right proportion of bids versus business development. So as an example, if you're a company that traditionally gets your um, uh, your business through um, repeat business, word of mouth, because you deliver so well, we, we all love that don't we Dave we all love that it's like oh you do such a good job I'm going to recommend you to someone else then actually I would say probably you don't need as much focus on your bids yes you might want it to kind of expand into different markets and to try and you know um, see if you can bring in some some more business um, and and generate uh, more revenue but actually I would say you know you're, you're doing this right and that's a really good way of getting business mm, because you're yeah. already in front of the client and that's the key to it. If you've got a good capture process where you've got foresight of the client, you understand them, you know when this bid is coming up, what that gives you is the time to do all the cursory stuff that you should be doing in a bid. So all of the market intelligence, so understanding about the um, if there's an incumbent supplier or your competitors in the market, understanding what your client's um, external challenges are or impacts. So say as a, as a really good example with public sector at the moment, there, there are a huge number of um, external impacts on them at the moment, cost of living crisis, um, issues with the economy, not that it's a bugbear with mine because I've mentioned it twice now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's 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 various things that mean that public sector organisations are finding it particularly difficult having to reduce costs everywhere, you know, um, yeah. really tight budgets, that kind of thing. And being able to gauge that level of understanding during the capture process is really important, not just for the bid, no bid, but also whilst you've, you're in a live bid scenario. Oh, that sounds really... Um, uh, oh, what was the what was the TV show? Um, who wants to be a millionaire? I yes. felt like it just needed to go. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, it's um, you know, when when you're in that live bid scenario, having to do all of that work, all of that research, whilst you're doing these key tasks during a bid it becomes unfeasible. And this is the difference um, that you typically tend to find in being able to score a, a mark of six or seven and a mark of 10, which yeah. as, as you know, I very much like it when we score 100% on stuff. Indeed, it's but always good. It's Ooh. always good. But the, the, the difference is, is that generally you've had time to really investigate the client understand the market, understand what are the things that are really, really driving them? What's what's the reasons behind this procurement? Why have they gone to market? Mm -hmm. If there is an incumbent, why have they chosen to do that? Is it a case of that, um, you know, a, and again, I'll pick on um, public sector as an example, it's exceeded a certain threshold. So it means that they have to go out to a mini competition. All of this information that you get during a capture, um, during an effective capture process helps to feed into the bid, no bid decision, because if you know that a public sector authority has gone to a mini competition, even though there's an incumbent because it's over a certain threshold, actually, it's probably because they're having to. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't necessarily reflect on the current incumbent's performance. Yeah. So process rather than... Um behavior i suppose in some respects yeah exactly and that that then immediately reduces your probability to win yeah um and that's one of the things that you need to be focusing on in the bid no bid decision is a, a, a you know can we win this what's our probability to win this yeah especially if you're not the incumbent i suppose yeah um, exactly cool so we've done our we've done our effective capture we've arranged our time when we're going to have our bid no bid meeting what's involved in that in the bid no bid meeting yeah. well um what i would say is let's let's be specific about when the bid no bid needs to happen it needs to happen asap yeah. um so as soon as those bid documents land you need to be thinking right when can we get everyone together um to make this bid no bid decision because as i mentioned earlier the longer you leave it the less time you have to respond um so i would always recommend that it needs to be within a couple of days of the of the bid documents landing obviously that's dependent on how many documents there are some of the tenders we've seen have a hundred different documents all of 60 yeah. pages each then you know various <laughs> technical responses that you have to review so sometimes it is unfeasible um, but that's why going back to my earlier comment, having a, a larger team to review documents in their area of specialism actually can help with that because it means you can all come together and it's that collaboration that helps. And I think collaboration is key to that meeting. It's a discussion. It, it, you know, I think that there are situations where you have um, uh, you will have people that get really excited about a bid. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. This is going to be great. It's going to change our lives. We're going to become a multinational company just off the back of this. And, uh, um, you know, when when that happens, you need an objective voice in, in the room saying, hang on, have you seen that red flag in the contracts, which I actually don't think that we can deliver? Or have you seen the fact that their budget is 10K less than we thought it was going to be? So is it going to be feasible for us to be able to uh, deliver this project in a cost effective way? So it's about engaging the whole team in their areas of expertise and making sure that there's a discussion um, around the um, what needs to be delivered and the feasibility of delivering the bid in time as well in order for you to come to that um, a decision that's right for the organization okay i mean it's 
I suppose it, but he's, 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 you, know, you touched on a, a key thing there where it's about collaboration. Yeah. So it's not, I suppose it's not just seeing these as, right, we're doing capture, that's your job. We're doing the bid, no bid, that's your job. We're doing the bid, the, you know, the actual bid production of it is your job and then delivery is your job and nobody's talking to each other. I suppose it's exactly that key thing where, you know, you've got this commonality through the whole process. You've got this, this, this sort of, path that somebody's walking down that's everybody's on at the same time um in sort of true collaborative fashions yeah exactly um, that and and as you know from the from the training that we deliver it's one of the things that we focus on really heavily yeah. um you know that it's 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 about true teamwork it's about you know little things like um making sure if you say you're going to review the documents you review the documents and you review them in full it's not just a cursory have a look over the introduction and uh oh yeah this project looks all right budget seems <laughs> all right yeah let's let's go and bid for it um Actually, it's that being able to communicate effectively within the team and collaborate and support each other is important all the way through the bids. Um, and you mentioned about the different roles and responsibilities, and there's there's a particular um, slide I'm thinking about in our in our training where we we show the input required um, from all team members. Um, throughout the bid process, beginning with capture and ending in kind of the lessons learned. And actually at the beginning and the end is kind of where you need everyone. It's a really important thing um, during the bid, no bid and the kickoff. And, you know, there's there's people who might approach, approach this differently. But I see it as a really good opportunity to have everyone in the room to fully understand why we're bidding for this. What's the vision? And vision is key. A lot of people forget about this. But um, in terms of being able to galvanize your bid team, being able to point them towards the direction of where we want to go with the bid, what it's going to look like, the key themes that we want to include, the main things that we want to press on our client that we do well, our USPs, all this lovely stuff that helps to elevate our content. That begins at the bid no bid decision because that's when you're practically looking to see mm. whether you can deliver it. That's when you're practically looking to see, okay, so you know, yeah, we can do that part of the contract. We've got this, we've got that, we've got all the roles they want. Mm, this might be an issue, but that's fine. We can cover that in storyboarding. That's when you start to get the framework of the vision of what you are going Going to deliver to the client that's good so you know we all we, we, we all sort of being sort of i suppose negative is the wrong phrase but sort of being um you know we're looking at this is right okay if we win this we're going to get x amount of money it, it's going to make going to change what we're doing but i suppose in running a bid and doing your your bid process you're going through, so we're going right. We're going to go for this. Then you get you get into the, the sort of the big production side of where you got people writing and reviewing and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And then you get to point and say, well, actually, maybe we made the wrong decision. Maybe this isn't actually a good fit for us. Or maybe yeah. no, I don't want to put my team on this one because I've got another two bids coming in that I now know about that we got this high degree of winning. There's a cost there. There's a, and mm. now everyone looks at cost as um, you know pounds on the balance sheet, effectively. But I dare say there's other costs. There in is making that decision quite late. Yeah, yeah, there is. And um, what uh, I mean, I've I've always called this the cost of losing. I don't know if that's an industry term. I have absolutely no idea, but it's a really effective way of 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 getting 
people to understand that actually there's there's bids bids are expensive it doesn't matter who's providing them whether you've got external resource or internal resource you are focusing your personnel your staff on creating a miniature project in essentially 30 days you know most reports if you think the size of a bid um if that was a business case or a report that was going to a client you know it just as um for the delivery of a project that could take two three months to put together yeah. and we're expected to do it in 30 days so there's a definite cost to losing um and that's off that should be a factor in your bid no bid decision um and it should also be a factor throughout the bid as well so i was always um when i um was um first being trained in um bid management i was always told that there's kind of a, a point of no return you know back to the future you've hit 88 miles an hour that's it you are you are going yeah, yeah, that's it. there's nothing yet yeah, past, past the point of no return you need to you need to get struck by lightning because otherwise you're not going back but this is um I was always told it's around kind of the third the third gate so you've done you've done your um your initial review of the content mm. and this is kind of you know you've put the stuff together it looks okay and and then you go to the next phase where you're actually fully committing everyone to a right we need to crack on with this I'm putting this in real layman's terms just uh just for for those who may not have um um may not have a bidding background but uh, you get to that certain point and actually it's often the best thing to do is just push forward yeah. because you know it, unless there's unless there's a huge red flag that is a uh, actually no do you know what they've they've put this particular contract stipulation in that there's no way we can meet uh, you know they've said uh, weirdly that they're they're going to pay us in a year not in 14 days it's kind of you know they that no one would ever do that but as as a really outlandish example that's when you kind of go okay fine but the, the important thing to do with that is then take that to a lessons learned yeah and then say actually how did we get to this point where we've invested this much um money either with internal um staff or external suppliers or you know um actually just even um putting documents together you know taking the time out to do these meetings that kind of thing so you get to a a particular time where you you essentially just have to press on with it yeah I mean, I suppose there's, it isn't just the financial side of it, it's the impact on the team. Because um, yeah. when people have sort of spent two, three weeks pulling something together and they get told last minute, well, actually, we're not going to do it, that's got to be a little bit detrimental to people. Yeah. Yeah, it's it can it can be heartbreaking. I would say it's it's almost as bad because, as you know, you you almost get a come down with bids, mm -hmm. you know, because there's so much pressure in in the bidding environment that um you know you you almost need a day afterwards to kind of take a break from it and think right okay so so we achieved that, but you give everyone um whether they are a bid professional or whether they are a um a resource that's been pulled onto a bid, everyone gives so much to it. And it takes so much time that actually knowing that you've put together a response saying you've read it and you thought, oh, that's that's pretty good. That I like that. I've you know I've really worked. I'm proud of what I've achieved. And then suddenly someone turns around and says, actually no, do you know what? We're not bidding for that. You know, it's it can it can be really disheartening. Yes. And I think the problem is as well, on top of the the cost of losing, you've also got the cost of drawing people away from their business as usual activities, and that's that's pretty key. So say, it's, especially we were we were talking about capture, um, you've got an account manager 
who and as we know account management is a really um it's a job that requires a lot of time. Um, you need to be able to respond to clients really quickly. If there's an issue or an escalation, there'll be processes internally that says, okay, you need to respond within two hours, say, yeah. um, to a client. If you're on a bid, that can put pressure on you. That can, you know, that it, it can mean that maybe you don't hit an SLA or you don't necessarily give the client as much attention as you wanted because you've been refocused into another area and that's that's when it can cause issues and that's why I say the um, um, one of the important questions that people don't tend to ask is can we deliver the bid and that's not just about assessing the resource that you attribute to bid, the bid that's also about assessing the impact both culturally and commercially of delivering a or a number of bids alongside your business as usual activities yeah so i mean i suppose sort of some of that little bit of it's this sort of cost to lose impact isn't just financial it's cultural it's um the impact on the team it's the impact on time it's the disruption it causes which is why i suppose going back to right to right beginning it's why it's important to sit there and go can we actually do this yeah. um because the knock-on effect of that right down the chain can be you know quite heavy i suppose in some respects so looking at this you know what encourages the sort of the wrong decision um Why, you know, <laughs> it, it's i suppose it, it's i suppose we've been a bit sort of boring on the negatives a little bit but never mind um so what what actually encourages this this or what can encourage a right decision you know what, how do we how do we encourage people to make the right choice in uh, well to encourage people to make the right choices by having an effective bid no bid um process and um, because if you have an effective bid no bid process with a gate that specifically says right we're going to talk about this we're going to collaborate and um, you know and ascertain whether this is the right opportunity for our business you know and and that it could be one that people kind of look at initially when it comes through on the tender portal and you think oh yeah maybe not but it's it's when you win you know it, we, we've all had that um but i think the the best thing to do is to make sure you are not making the wrong decisions by having a good process in place um but generally i typically across across everyone that i've worked with there tends to be two factors of wrong decision making firstly is um we've got two months and we're about 20k off our budget we need to try and bid as much as possible you know as a, as a very loose example but you know the driver generally tends to be commercials it tends to be yeah. if you're off target it tends to be a kind of a you know um we need to find any way to get in income before our year end that is you know i've heard it so many times and actually the the the, the thing to do then is to not bid for loads it's to you know hold your nerve and to look at your bid no big criteria and bid for the right things or see if there's other ways that you can get revenue in because otherwise what's going to happen you're going to increase your cost of losing because you're not giving the the bids enough time and attention you're spreading yourself too thin you're trying to go after everything possible to try and make up this money and actually you just end up losing more money it will be in direct cost mm. but you end up losing more money than you do gaining it the other one is a is is a general excitement 
for an opportunity that is too good to be true. So it will be a massive thing. It will have a huge budget. It's like, yeah, we want everything from our supplier. This is a 15 year contract, <laughs> you know, and it comes back to my point earlier where I said, you know, it's one of those ones where you might see something where you think, oh, this, this, this will be the one that makes our company great that that you know takes us out of the uh the, the economic issues we've had blah 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 all these things um that general excitement needs to be squashed it needs to you know and and people do get excited i've i've had bids that i've gone for and they're not even mine where i'm like oh my god this is amazing i really enjoy <laughs> doing this you know and you, you do get it but that's why that collaborative approach works because you have to have objective people in the room who go okay we understand that you like this opportunity, but let's take a step back and actually have a look at what we're being asked to deliver, how much it's going to cost, what we need to do to get the bid over the line. Definitely. I mean, I, I suppose it's like anything. It's, it's you know, you're dealing with humans. We're dealing with human nature. Um, right until the the uh, AI takes over us and kills us all. Um, but yeah. <laughs> So it's a half back to a previous podcaster. Um, I don't mind. I'm a, I'm the, I'm the board queen, as you know. So uh, <laughs> no, yeah, it's always, always a start. I've, I've got an I've got an API plug in. It's fine. <laughs> You'd be good. You'd be good. Um, so just sort of finishing off what we we're, we're chatting about. I always ask. Well, something we start doing the podcast now is having the guests to ask our audience a question. No asking them to sort of you know challenge us with what the way that they want to work or they got to, you know just give us some feedback so what's the one question you would want to pose to our listeners um i would probably say um what do you find difficult about making a good bid no bid decision um, and the reason I say that is because, and it, and it goes back to what we were originally saying, is it's such a um, it's such a moving feast mm. being able to do this correctly. You can have two opportunities that, on the face of it, look exactly the same, can be in a similar location, similar size client, you know, offering a similar thing, but one happens to be a better decision, uh, a better. Um, contract to go for than the other so i think it's actually for and and it helps it helps us as well it's a good it's a good learning curve us being able to understand exactly what other companies do um in terms of um bid no bid decisions and and this goes for companies that um whilst it might be difficult decisions actually have a really good established process yeah. that works uh, that just because you've got an established process that works doesn't necessarily mean that the decision is going to be any less difficult it just means you're more likely to get to the right answer yeah yeah so i think that would be my question is what 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 uh, what elements do you find difficult about it and that could be anything in the process from capture all the way up to that kind of even just getting people in the room <laughs> which generally always. tends to be the hardest thing i find yeah yeah finding the space of people's diaries is always a challenge um especially <laughs> when you've got people coming multiple parts of a company and yeah. trying to shoehorn diaries together so yeah alison as always delightful to talk to you, you um too. and i didn't rant about reading documents and you didn't rant about it's always a good thing yes that's what i told you for don't go ranting um <laughs> so yeah so love to talk to you um all of our listeners as, as usual you can get in touch with us on social links until next time thank you very much thank you alison for joining me today thank you
Tchau, tchau. Vamos. Goodbye.